All right, a motivational speaker, pastor, and but before all that happens, there's a process to get there. Oh yeah. <laughs> Which journey do you want to start on? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, 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 it depends on how much time you have. I, think. I have plenty I of think. time for a good friend. Um, for me, it started out as, you know, you first sort of say there's this call, you know, you always hear people say there's a calling on your life. And so even in scripture, many are called, few are chosen. And so for me, it was like, I was feeling more compelled towards reading scriptures and getting back into Price Memorial around age 19. But a few years later, I would then make this track onto ministry. And so you preach what is called a trial sermon. And I preached at in winter 2010 and, and the audience was the late great reverend durant as Ooh, well yeah and at the time the pastor was uh reverend walter davis and so mm. you go through that and then you have to then be licensed a local preacher in the amy zion church okay usually for two years um but like some of my other fellow colleagues i stayed back a year three years actually so good old humility nothing because of i done wrong but process stuff and so well, the, you know god was was telling you something exactly no rush and i was good to go and so then after that you then journey into what is called the annual conference and so then you have studies that you have to go through and after two years of those studies you then are up for an ordination candidate which then was my first ordination in 2016 um, as an ordained reverend prior to being ordained i was licensed as a local preacher in 2011 i think i mentioned that already Ooh. which is in so boston it, district it doesn't it doesn't seem like because i remember uh some posts at some point yeah being like okay now i'm ordained but that yes. that may have been the 2016 thing but that's you... the first ordination 2016. okay mm -hmm. but do you mean in terms of length of time of how long i've actually been on ministry track now uh it's been at least a, what <laughs> over a decade over a decade over a decade so probably how is that even possible well, I started on my like, 20s. You're like 28, right? No, you're so nice. <laughs> I'm 37 and a half proudly. <laughs> Impossible. Impossible. I know, I know. And then after that is the ordination of what is called an elders ordination. Mm. Then that was in 2018. So that's your final ordination in the Amy Zion Church outside of if I want to run for bishop or something, but not interested in that. But that would be your final ordination in terms of ministry. So growing up. Christianity must have been a big part of who you are. But I think today, uh, to reach people, maybe it's a different take on things. Huh. Um, or is it? I don't know. I mean, you know, what was preaching like 30 years ago compared to what it is today? And also, you know, how you reach people, you know, it obviously God is a, is a part of it, Yes, but there are a number of people out there who may not be buying in to that. Mm -hmm. And you got to start somewhere, right? Maybe. Well, here's the thing, you know, versus when I was younger in a household, I wasn't brought up to be super religious mm. as funny as it, as it may be. Right. My mother grew up very religious and my late grandmother, she had to go to church every single day. I mean, that church still stands in the Bronx, New York, very Pentecostal is how my mother grew up. And so me growing up as a kid, very much knew about scripture and God. I started going to Price Memorial through Sunday school department. That's sort of my journey and other people taking me to church. I used to go with my dad and then preteen years, Miss Mabel and another woman by the name of Cheryl Nichols used to take us and pick all of us up and bring us to Price Memorial. 
um, through the Sunday school department. And so you're talking about when Reverend Durant was the pastor, preaching was on fire. Mm. You could preach the truth. You didn't have to worry about all these offenses and, you know, and then social media wasn't a thing. Then you weren't influenced for social media when I was growing up in the church. So now you have social media, fast forward. Now you have the pandemic. Now you have get the word out as quick as you can. Never mind just the buy-in. You have to get people's attention in like 30 seconds or less. Is your video even interesting, right? Do you have a message or a word? And you can't be preaching for like an hour anymore. Like that's some <laughs> of the difference with the generation of people nowadays, right? It's a challenge to save people in these times. So, but let's go back to Reverend Durant. Oh yeah, I love Reverend Durant. <laughs> when, I mean, we talk about that early inspiration. Yeah. And um, what was it like? Uh, at and and that was at Price. That was Memorial. at Price Memorial Amy Zion Church, one sixty three Lincoln Street, Pittsfield, Massachusetts. Yes, yes. Uh, just so for our worldwide listeners, uh, if you're around here, you know where that church is, and and a lot of people know what it's all about. I Absolutely. mean, there's a lot of heart and soul there. Oh um, yeah, high energy. And praise. I think it's called a high praise church. That would be like a high praise church, considerably. Oh yeah, that's what that would be considered for for, for sure. <laughs> yes, and those sermons and those Sundays, they're not short. No, <laughs> you're not, you're not going to be there for an hour in and out. Like, no, <laughs> I was growing up worship service. Like, you know, it was at least two and a half hours. That's from the start of like the call to worship all the way down to the benediction. Cause you're talking about songs and music. And I grew up with <laughs> God rest his soul, Paul Kiel, who can play like no one's business, you know, but so. you're not, you're not making it to Sunday brunch. Okay. You're, you're, you could <laughs> if it was extended hours to two o'clock. <laughs> That's why they would go to old country buffet. <laughs> that was their place. Open. <laughs> well, where do they go now? Well, <sighs> Well, right. I don't know. It's not much. You're very limited. So. Yeah. No, there's no. Uh, no. <laughs> I love it. The old OCB. I right? know. Um, I know. Right. But uh, not. <laughs> I'm not saying. You know. I, but I remember Bonanza. Did you ever go to Bonanza? I didn't go to Bonanza. So before I came here um, in second grade, I grew up in New York State, and so I was used to Ponderosa. Okay. And for me, nothing touches Ponderosa. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Which would be equivalent for you guys of Bonanza. <laughs> the old Bonanza. Well, at least you heard about it. Yes. At least you heard about mm -hmm. it. I know we could really use that Bonanza, but I know, um, right? <laughs> so, you know, in those days, again, you know, no social media, but, um, you know, for you, when did it happen that you're like, you know what? I've got to be, I got to do this. I have a calling. That's, you know, the, the yes. term, but, yep. but, it, but it's real. It's, it's not real. just uh, yep. so. What was the moment or the time frame when you said, "Okay, this is absolutely a part of of who I'm going to be"? Ooh, I think you have those moments a few different times. Yeah. If I'm going to be honest as possible, but the defining moment to me wasn't even within the preach moment. It was really for me, like when I was a deaconess, I'm also a consecrated deaconess. And that's one position in the Amy Zion church that's for life. And deaconess are the ones who dress in like white and they take care of the pulpit. So I was consecrated at a very young age, which is unknown of it. It's usually an older woman position. So anyway, just to paint who I am in that sense. Um, I remember just so you may have up. taken you may have taken an extra three years on the <laughs> ordainment. <laughs> but you were way ahead of the game. I was consecrated before I um, was licensed as mm. a preacher. 
So God put me in the pulpit before I was a licensed preacher. Do you understand? I, you I got see? it. Right. I, got it. I was consecrated as a deaconess before being licensed as a local preacher. Got right. It. Interesting journey. So any for me, it came there, cleaning the pulpit, preparing the pulpit, taking care of things. I was like, this is where I want to be. I want to serve God in any capacity. It wasn't about preaching. I just want to be here serving you. Wherever you call me, I'm going to go. And that was that moment, just cleaning things and serving for me was mm. where I felt that yeah. urgent call. And when you feel called, yes, you're you're there to help people. And I and I will every once in a while follow. Uh, and I do. I, I see your lives <laughs> when I can. And you do some great lives and you just and you <laughs> thank you freewheel it there you know and 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 as someone you know who has done radio for a long time i certainly appreciate when someone goes live and they are basically just rolling with it mm -hmm, you know there's mm -hmm. not a script no script you know um, nope, i'm definitely not scripted you know there may be there may be topics yes but, topics you'll get uh-huh but you, but you just go with it and, oh, yeah. um, and let the spirit carry you yes. uh, in, in a lot of ways. And I think people, people get there in different ways. Um, but there are some universal aspects. Um, yes. I think as people go through their journeys mm -hmm. and maybe some people, um, find it through Jesus sooner, maybe some people find it through, you know, other spiritual means, um, what do you think about that? Is is there a sort of commonality? Is there other ways to get there? And then do we all end up at the same place at the end of the day or no? I hope we end up at the same place. <laughs> that is the goal of many of my colleagues and friends who believe in soul salvation is that's the first thing, you know, I'm not even interested. You don't have to watch a sermon of mine ever in your life, but are you saved? You know, do you know Jesus for yourself and whatever journey you choose to that path by any means, but I would just want to deal with your heart being saved. That's the first thing for myself. After that, if you choose to go to church or if you don't, it's really just about fellowship and connecting with other people. But I'm not here to tell people you need to be a Christian or you need to do. But do you believe in Jesus? That is my main message. Do you believe? Are you saved? Are you delivered? That's sort of how I deal with my stuff. I meet anybody exactly where they are. Right. I'm. If you want to come to my church, come. But are you saved? Can I first deal with that first question? What do you need help with spiritually? Mm. Now, everybody, especially in this generation, is not going to run to the church. The church used to be the safe place for people. The church used to be the place where people would gather when they were sick and people used to have civil rights conversations. But it's not that place anymore. We've lost some of that authenticity in the church. So now mm. you have people wandering, figuring out, well, what journey do I want to go to? I'm turned off by religion. I'm just here to tell people I may follow religion, but I follow God through it all. This is just where I serve. Where are you in the end of the day? That's mm. my main thing. And the universal is love. Right, right. The, um, the golden rule. Yep. Um, you know, whether you take it from Psalms uh, in the Bible or whether you take it from, you know, wherever that, that, that to me, that's a universal yep. in, in a lot of ways. So in some ways, I hope, you know, because these are these are big deal things. They are you know, the, the, the very fundamentals, are. you know, treat others the way that you would like absolutely. to be treated, um, you know, love thy enemy. 
Yep. Love thy neighbor. And that's a, that love thy enemy is a hard one. It's hard. <laughs> it's very hard. It is. <laughs> but over time, mm -hmm. you learn yep. that it is better. It's, it's better. It's be, it, it's it is growth. Yep. It's better for the soul. It's yep. better for your life ultimately because whatever you put out, you get back. That's so right. if you're putting out something that's not love if you're putting out anger or hate or whatever it just comes back that's right it just comes back it's like the old metaphor of giving the person um or, or drinking poison thinking that someone else is going to uh, mm -hmm. die from it i think I, I i butchered that metaphor. it's okay i got it but it's something along those lines you know what i'm saying and it's really true and i think you know some people gain that through experience but um well in the bible we say we you reap what you sow right you reap what you sow so be careful what you sell. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. And I also read somewhere. I also <laughs> Where did you read it? <laughs> and this is from Anonymous, but I read it uh, from uh, Nikita Bethel Smith's uh, Facebook page. Never worry about who doesn't like you. Pay attention to those who pretend they do. Yeah. Tell me yep. about that. So was that a post on someone else or is that something I posted? Because sometimes I'll post things too. <laughs> so that might be something I actually said. Um, I think a lot of times people are so focused on being liked, right? And they want all these friends or they want to be celebrated by other people. And we get, especially in this, this time of social media, who's liking my page, who's sharing my information, who cares about that? Think about the people that are in your circle right now that pretend to be a supporter to you, that pretend that they're all about you. And those are the people, honestly, that are not really there in the long haul. Pay attention to those people, the phonies. The phonies because, the phonies. because unwittingly, you often will give them power. In too much time. And, and too much time, um, but you know, sort of giving them a, a greater place in your life. Yep you know, either through flattery or, right. or what have you, but that's amazing. Uh, a great point there. Um, you know, I've always found that over <laughs> again, over time, you start to learn that like, it's really important to stop caring about what other people that's think. And it. I've heard you preach about that. Oh, that's my thing. Quite a bit. And yeah, I guess it's, it's hard to explain, um, because we grow up in this world where we're judged. Yeah. You know, we go to yeah. school, we're judged, we, you know, we get grades, you know, we play sports, we're, we're judged by our performance there constantly, constantly, yeah. we, yeah. we want to win that trophy, we want to win that medal, we want to make our parents happy, we want to make our family happy, we want to make our teachers happy. Mm -hmm. And society supports that yep, society reinforces that. But when it's all said and done, you can't take it with you, right? I nope. mean, that's, that's the old saying. Yeah. But um, when it comes to happiness, and being a good person, it may be something that seems contradictory, but actually caring about what people think uh, can make you very unhappy. It can. And I think there's a difference between being compassionate for someone and being considerate. But sometimes we're weighing on, I need your opinion. I need your validation. You know, that's sort of this generation. And when I say generation, I don't mean a particular age group. I mean, all of us in general, we're mm -hmm. influenced, right? You don't need validation from anybody. Let's stay away from that. I don't care if I get any views. I don't post social media videos to concern myself with views or likes or share. I do it because that's where I'm called. And I'm not even trying to be an influencer in any sort of way. I just want to do the work. So there could be 45 people on my page that don't like me. It doesn't matter to me, right? 
I actually get more pumped up by that. If you don't like me, there must be something going on with you. Right. There has to be because right. I'm kind, I'm warm, I'm welcoming. Right. And I'm not going to spend any time trying to figure out why you don't like me mm. because I love me. And that's what matters. And somewhere there's a trust in God. Now, you, you, you would say God. Other people would say the universe, well, other people, the, universe. the God is the universe. Okay. All right. Let's go there. <laughs> let's clarify that for let's, folks today. Let's, let's, let's go there because, you know, and I think that's, I think it's like a safe word for people. It, it, well, there, it takes away from people wanting to place God in it and then like religion. Cause when people hear God automatically, they say religion, but yeah. Jesus was bigger than that. Right. Jesus went out there to the misfits and went out there to the Gentiles. He was out there for the folks that weren't saved. So when we really talk about Jesus, Jesus wasn't looking for the people that talked all fancy and knew all the Bible and the scholars that that wasn't his ministry. If we're going to be real and raw about it. So mm. anyway, <laughs> yeah. And, and that, and there are those, uh, you know, who say again, Jesus is bigger. You're right. than the actual, religion and that the message that he was delivering. Okay. So, but, but with that said, again, God is pe people, yes. you know, to tr try to sort of insulate themselves from religion, they'll say yes. universe, they'll say, you know, but, but God, <clears throat> we're talking about the same thing here yes. because yes. God is uh, around us. That's God created, you know, there's this energy out there and that's, that's God. That's okay. right. So <laughs> here we go. And, and we appreciate everybody's differences, but. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, and, and so being able to find your higher purpose, yes, um, you don't do that. And uh, we've I've talked about this probably three or four times already on this podcast. We've had six episodes, but <laughs> is this the seventh one? But... <laughs> That's a good thing. That's a holy number. <laughs> hey, yeah. look at that. Look at that. Uh, <laughs> um, that you don't get there by listening to other people. It's not that no. it's not that you don't listen to your parents. It's not like you don't uh, respect other people. Of course you do. But when it comes down to finding your purpose, um, it's about going inward it and, is. and getting quiet. Yep. It's deep. And I think because you've known me for, for quite some time, like mm -hmm. I've also done spoken word events and Lady Nikita speaks, all that sort of thing. I could not wait for someone else to bring that creative person out of me. I had to dig deep. I had to find her. And if I waited for other people to say, it's okay to be creative, it's okay to be great, I would still be waiting. That's mm. truth be told. If I waited for someone to say, Nikita, wait till you have all this equipment and all these fancy things, <laughs> right? Like my good friend here, to do your live, then I wouldn't be Lady Nikita live. You wouldn't see Monday motivations. When I started that, that was out of like the place where I was building up in 2017. You would see me at bus stops and all sorts of things in New Jersey, but it was genuine and authentic to who I was. I didn't concern myself with the opinions of other people because opinions would have stagnated my vision. Yeah. And that's what we have to write. Your vision comes from God. People sometimes don't intentionally mean it. Jay-Z said this one time about his uncle, and I, I love Jay-Z. Jay-Z talked about how his uncle, his intention wasn't to hold him back, but he couldn't understand at the time where he saw himself going as a businessman, as an artist at the time. People can't see your greatness in your vision exactly where you want to be, but you can. And that's all that matters. So for anyone today, I'm sorry, I have to be inspirational. If you're seeing Amen. this, I was, I, was just, I, was, I was just waiting for your pause so I can say praise. 
But if you're seeing this, if you're waiting for someone to activate you, if you're waiting for someone to give you the proof, I need you to know today you have it. You have what it takes right now and the right people will connect to you. I promise you throughout my journey here in Berkshire County, when I needed a place to do my poetry, I got connected. Bill Yelly, all those amazing people, like people will find you, but you have to find yourself and your truth. Mm. Anyway. Mm. <laughs> Love it. Love it. And and that that is the God's honest truth, because um, when it comes down to it, yes, it, it all comes here, comes here and um, and 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 you know, you, you run in to life and things fall into place when you find that alignment, you know, when you find, um, a truth, you know, and, and really be honest with yourself. And then I think that's, that's where uh, God comes into place. That's where the God's universe. (laughs) See what I did there? (laughs) I like the little remix (laughs) that's coming from the political. Uh, Oh, A little dig. Oh, <laughs> but I like to say intentional. You know, that's part of what my hey, brand. I'm, hey, I'm not the one hanging out with politicians these days. <laughs> I mean, come on, girl. <laughs> um, intentional impact and inspiration, right? That's sort of my three things that I like to say. You know, what's your intention and what you're doing? What's the impact that you want to have, and how do you want to inspire? You know, so that's sort of my three eyes. <laughs> Okay, so now we have blessings or consequences. What are you sowing? Ah, one of my posts. What still remains in you that needs to be healed? And I think that relates to what we were just talking about. It does. It does very much so. Sometimes, you know, you may have some old remnants, some old wounds, you know, and sometimes people are dealing with childhood trauma and other issues still. Let those things go and you know, move forward. We all have some sort of experience that we've been through that may not be the best. Everybody can relate to that in one way or another, but you cannot allow it to make you complacent or stagnated. You can stand all day and say, I, this person did this to me, this person, you may not ever get an apology. Don't waste your time. Keep living and keep being great. Mm. It's much more powerful to give the apology. Oh yeah. Because oh yeah, the apology isn't about necessarily the other person it's not it's more it's it not. is more about you and even if someone owes you an apology you may not receive that but you owe it to yourself to move past that you know sometimes again you may not ever come across some of the people that have done you wrong mm. but you know i tell you the one thing the word says is that the righteous shall never be forsaken your enemies will become your footstool and i've lived long enough so far to see the lord turn some of those enemies right around i'm like don't don't come against me now because i mean you're good yeah so (laughs) i don't concern myself and those people who aren't aligned with you or have a different vibration or and that's okay and and and, but you also see those people fall away oh yeah they 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 will They'll, they'll kind of sort of slowly or abruptly disappear from your life and other people who are more aligned with you show up. Well, but can we say something for a second? You have to allow them to move away. Mm. Sometimes we're holding on to people because of comfort. I know you, I've known this person forever. And then you don't, there's a season. So one thing we say spiritually is that there's a season for everything. Just like farmers, there's a season to grow springtime season crops come up and all that fun stuff. It's the same thing with people in your life. 
And everybody can't be a part of every season and elevation on your life. Some people are just not meant to be at that table. And you have to know when to dismiss and move on and go on and grow. Some people are just like not where they need to be because of people you are surrounding yourself with. Where are you preaching now? <laughs> well, I'm pastoring at uh, Hood Shaw Memorial Amy Zion Church in Providence, Rhode Island. In Providence, Rhode Island. Providence, and, Rhode Island. And, and uh, <laughs> uh, Nikita messaged me. I, I was like, well, if you ever make it back to the birth, she's like, I'm, I'm here. <laughs> I'm like, I'm living here. I'm working here. Hello. But because you're in Providence every, I assume, what, every Sunday or? So just about every Sunday. But clearly, you know, the pandemic is taking all of us pastors and those that are serving in the church outside of the building. So that's every now and then I'll be there. But more than often, since things have slowly been opened back up, I've been traveling every weekend. Plus, I love to hit the road. So it's nothing for me. And there's nothing like, I mean, hey, listen, I mean, <laughs> you know, we're communicating electronically to people here through a podcast, but there's nothing like oh, being speaking oh, yeah. to a real group of people oh, yeah. uh in person and and being able to hug and shake hands and and i think um there, there are maybe some people in government or otherwise who really underestimate the importance of that yes we went through the pandemic yes oh, yeah. you know we have to be safe and, and everything but um but do not underestimate the power of connecting oh, yeah. with people um in the same place and and not having to worry about the six feet you know um that that's a powerful thing. It you know, is. we need human connection. You do, you do. And I think so many people prior to the pandemic took it for granted, if we may be honest and transparent. And I think going through this pandemic for a lot of people outside of losing, you know, actual loved ones and sure. friends, which was devastating throughout the whole entire world. Um, but outside of that, I think a lot of people took time with people for granted. And so coming out of this, you actually miss some of those co-workers that got on your nerve, or you missed a church member that might have sang off key that you were sitting next to and got on your nerve and said, preach pastor, take your time. You miss those type of things. And I think that there's a lot of humility um, that came out of this pandemic as well, mm. outside of the pain that we experience. Tell so. me, tell me about your experience through this. So clearly, yes, it changed. <laughs> you as far as not being able to preach in person but still associated obviously with that with that church but uh -huh. um but uh you know tell me about your experience through the the <sighs> whole thing well first of all i got appointed as a pastor which is my first appointment my assignment mm -hmm. in june of 2019 brand new pastor yay exciting march 2020 mm -hmm. pandemic <laughs> brand new pastor first year so imagine that first time pastor, just getting to know a congregation. And now you're in a whole entire pandemic. Mm. So that was my story going into it. So then figuring out how do I take my congregation from in person to actually having worship outside of that? Mm. We spent the first week on the conference call line. I said, absolute disaster. <laughs> and then we went into Zoom as most of us did. And yeah. it's been great. Even my some of my elderly population got on Zoom and did what they had to do. I mean, everybody just wanted to be involved. It's been challenging. We lost people um, as well. Not a lot of members directly in my church from COVID, but family members had lost people from COVID. It was just definitely trying. Um, I missed the church the first year. And also I was working. So we, I was remote. It was so many different things happening and being remote in your house and trying to run a church and having service is like, oh my goodness, whole nother journey. <laughs> oh my, I can't imagine. Although I, I 
can imagine that now it's like, wow, we're in a whole new world. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, and even for some people, I'm sure it's even uh, difficult to adjust back oh, to, it is. to what is more normal. Um, you know, some people have been just jumping out of their shoes to get back to normal. And, 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 you know, I think that's most of us, but I'm sure there's a percentage of people who, uh, do find it difficult to, to get back into it. See, for me, I don't find it as difficult. Um, we've been hybrid. So when I am there, there's a few people that can come in. Like I'm not fully open in terms of capacity at my church, but hybrid means some people can come in, the rest can be on online. Um, but I was very clear in my congregation, when we're able to get hundred percent open, don't come back in the church the way you left. That's been my spiritual challenge. Mm. Come in with that fire goal to say you appreciate one being in the building from what you've been out of and come back and inspired. Don't come back and complaining. Don't come back and aggravate. We've been out the building for over two years. Like come back and excited and ready to build and work. <laughs> mm. So, so the concept of uh, good and evil, what do you, oh, I mean, here what, we go. What do you, <laughs> I mean, you know, is there evil in the world? Uh, what is good? What? I mean, Look at the I'm, gas prices. Pure evil. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I don't, I, I don't really think you're that far off. To be honest with you. I mean, like, um, if that's not the devil himself in your gas tank, I don't know what it is. <laughs> there are tests too, and oh, I think without. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how you look at it uh, religiously, spiritually, but, you know, without uh, the work of the devil, quote unquote, um, you know, maybe maybe that's part of our test. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, my favorite story goes to Job, which is a book in the Old Testament. Yes. Um, so I see you saying yes. So oh, it yeah. must be familiar. Listen, Nikita. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I, I've read the Bible. I know, <laughs> I know. So Job is one of my favorite stories outside of David and all the things and Paul and the road to Damascus. But Job in particular, you know, is one that had everything taken away from him in one day. But leading up to that, you know, the enemy himself went directly to God and asked if he could pretty much test Job. He's your faithful one. Well, let me test him and let me take X, Y, and Z away. And right. so God sort of grants the enemy permission. You know, we don't realize is that we are going to be tested. We are going to be tried. Even Jesus himself, we think about being in Lent season, came out of, you know, he's in this wilderness experience after being baptized and the devil himself comes to tempt him. You know, so we are not exempt from that sort of temptation, but we think about James chapter one says that it's it's to help renew us. So do not get sad about the testing and the trials that we go through. It's to help us understand perseverance, because mm -hmm. if everything went our way, realistically, how would we get through some of the tough times? And that was we would the, never. And that's what I <laughs> would like to say about my friend Job is oh, that yeah, I love Job. when it comes down to it, yeah, the challenge came because the enemy yes. uh, saw that, wait a minute, what, of, Who's of this course he's going to follow <laughs> exactly. God. He's got he's, everything. He's got the life, man. <laughs> like, I mean, uh, he's got family. He's got wealth. He's got he has, wealth. you know, God is smiling down on Children. him. Let's see what your faith is going to be like once things start to turn yep. and turn in the worst ways. The then, worst. then will you still have. Will you serve God? Faith? then will you serve God? And he never cursed God throughout that whole entire book of Job. Even his wife was trying to get him to deny even the friends the and friends, this yeah. where it goes to those friends, assuming that Job must have done something wrong 
for him to be cursed by God. And so it goes back to be careful who you surround yourself with. And mm. after Job endured, and he endured a lot, you know, physical pain, body, I mean, all <laughs> sorts of things. I mean, it, it's crazy what Job went through. But after that, he was blessed 10 times over. I mean, think about our own journeys. I'm pretty sure someone can relate. Whether you want to give glory to God or not, that's between you and the Lord. But I know somebody can relate to having trials and then you just got out of something and you look back and say, I can't believe I made it out. Mm. Everyone has that story. I believe it in my heart. I, I know it too. <laughs> I, I, you know, and I, well, we all have our own journey. So, I, we do. And, so I'm sure there are people who may not have the same challenges or the, the same obstacles to overcome. No, nope. everyone has a different path. Um, and maybe we're tested all along the way as to what is appropriate, uh, for <laughs> your level. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, <laughs> what can you endure? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I'm sure you've endured a little bit, uh, in your life. I've endured more than a little bit. Yeah. Um, don't allow the divaness and the good hair that I put on my head <laughs> and, you know, and the lipstick, as my mother says, don't, don't let the lipstick fool you. I've been through my own tests and trials, um, even through ministry, even walking this journey as a woman in ministry you go through a lot. People always see the aftermath, the success story, mm -hmm. but people don't know, as I always say, when you struggled, when you were in pain, when you were crying and not believing that you were actually going to make it and not feeling like you were enough. You know, I went through those things. I went through those insecurities and, you know, can I make it through this? Are people going to support me here? I went through some of those same issues and insecurities that many people face. Mm. And to be a good teacher, and, and I would say that a pastor <laughs> is a good teacher. Yes. Um, I mean, we can, we, we can, are, we work hard. It's safe to say, yeah. Uh, motivational speakers uh, are, are teaching. Um, and looking at that, you need the experience yeah. in order to truly teach those lessons because it's, it, it is one thing. And again, you know, you read the Bible, there mm -hmm. are lessons there and uh, there's great wisdom there, but boy, it sure helps when you see the truth come through and That's experience. Right. That's right. And when you, people want to know that they can relate to you and that they can connect to you, you know, can they connect to your story and what you're saying? It's not enough to just um, tell people you can be great and you can do this, but tell me what you went through. Tell me how you became great. People want to connect to people. That is the reality. Are you still doing poetry slam? I've, I've retired. A, I've retired a little bit out of the slam world. <laughs> I never really slammed. I'm not into that stuff. But okay. the last time I probably did spoken word was like I popped in on one of the Berkshire Museum events. Um, I want to say like 2018 of my birthday. On okay. my actual birthday, I went into okay. a okay. poetry thing. That one was recorded too. So okay. Well, if you ever do come out of retirement <laughs> on that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love poetry. There. I love it. So, yeah, doing that, like, you know, I could see you at the corner of Mission somewhere, Mission uh, uh, restaurant or. I know, know but things. I'm ready to do other things. I would like to do more of influencing pieces around spoken word. Like I used to do events and I want to take it to the next level there. I'd like to see other artists of color in particular um, on the scene. So I would like to be more of a mentor motivator for others that are coming up. So, mm. you know, I'm getting older now. It's graceful, but <laughs> it is very, well, come on. So, so <laughs> I'm just saying you're still a baby. Come you on, know. come on. You're in your thirties. I know. I know. But yeah, you know, yeah. I have so many other things to conquer right now. So, 
well, let's do it. What are you what are you looking to conquer? So my hopeful next goal is to conquer, you know, this level of inspiration and doing books as well. You know, that is my ultimate goal is to get out there on those world stages and, and helping people. You know, I want to be a voice for those unheard. It's always been something I've been saying since I was younger. Mm. So I'm ready for the next level. Hey, well, hold on, hold on. Uh-oh, uh-oh. I got another one. <laughs> I, <laughs> oh, I really like this one. Oh, okay. Tell me. Uh, I will always take a stance for those who don't have a voice or the ability to understand their power. Yet, everyone at some point at a time their name was lifted up without their knowledge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> will you be the one who lifts? And there it is. There it is. And what's your follow-up question to explain that? Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, You said it. I know. <laughs> I say it just to help others. Um, you know, I just believe that sometimes we're worried about if our names are being mentioned and you're going through some things and maybe you don't feel like that door is opening for you. You just never know who's out there rallying for you throughout my journey, whether it's been professional or through ministry or um, even through my poetry world, I always had people on the back end in the right places um, rallying for me. And so just know that your name's already being mentioned. You just never know the influence that you may have. Um, so that's sort of what I mean on that. And that I'm someone that's willing to take that stand because someone stood in those rooms for me. You know, I think about the Liechtenstein Center and I've done events there when Megan Wilden used to be the cultural director and I was mm. this 20 something year old. And, you know, she believed in me and allowed me to have access to that. And, you know, so I think I'm thankful for that. So Megan Wilden. Yeah, I love her. I know she's, she's relocating she's traveling like on. soon. Yeah, uh, got to travel on. But, she did amazing work, though. Um, is her time. I think I, I look at uh, Megan and she's a Pisces. So I look I'm at her as a I no way. I'm a Gemini. <laughs> Same birthday as, as Notorious B.I.G. So. <laughs> OK, now I now I get it. Now I get it. No, 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 no. I'm just kidding. Wait, are you a Pisces? Yeah, yeah, I'm oh, a Pisces. I that am. So, so uh -huh. Megan's a fellow fishy, and we yeah. always kind of wish each other happy birthday. But I do look at her now as <clears throat> there she is. She's like the salmon. She's now swimming She's back swimming, home. Yeah. She's swimming back home. So, uh, so we love. Uh, I mean, everybody loves Megan Wilden. Uh, well, she's... We love her. I love her. Wherever she is. <laughs> <laughs> Still here for a little bit, but I know. <clears throat> but those were, I mean. You know, those were days in our city where, man, uh, young people, uh, a whole, uh, th there was a, a certain energy. There um, was, there you was know, and, and we still have energy. <laughs> there but, is, there but, is. But that time, that but time I, was special. It was a magical special. time. I have to agree with you. Um, I've done a lot. When I think about the things I've done at 37, I could really say that Berkshire County, even though sometimes it would get on my nerve and some of those tables we sat at in my 20s. Um, I've done a lot. I remember being a youth delegate uh, representing the ward at the time when Deval Patrick was running um, and going over there to mm. Worcester. And so I've done a lot of little political things, too. <laughs> uh, I was very thankful. Well, I think you that. I think you knocked on a few doors with uh, some. I did. 
young uh, city council candidate <laughs> back in the day. I um, did. I did introduce <laughs> you to a few West Siders. That was fun. <laughs> and uh, always appreciative of that. I've, you know, and I do thank you for that. Oh, you're so um, welcome. I, I, I do it again. I, I am. I am, you know, always I've always been one of your biggest fans. Oh, um, thank you. And uh, of course, I love your mom. Oh, yeah, uh, Miss Sherry. <laughs> <laughs> I heard from her on Facebook uh, recently. She's uh, she's out and energetic. Uh, awesome, awesome. And you know, it's it's a piece of who you are. This uh, this West Side neighborhood, Pittsfield. Mm-hmm. You know, you can uh, go very far in this world, but uh, you only have one original home, right? I know, I know. I'm very thankful to um, grow up here, though not born here. I'm I'm proud of my. New York uh, state native. I, I love that uh, on my birth certificate, but I love growing up here in the Berkshires. There's no other place that I probably would rather be. So, mm. but maybe the Bahamas because <laughs> that's in my culture. So <laughs> hey, I wouldn't mind going there either myself, but uh, now springtime, I think we're okay. I actually <laughs> got to preach in one of the churches in no the Bahamas. Oh, Tell this, me about that. That was my first time in the Bahamas. So for those that don't know, like the name Bethel itself is a Bohemian name. Mm. Um, and so we have roots that goes back from my great grandfather. Um, and it goes on from that side in terms of lineage connected to Nassau, Bahamas. So my first time actually going over there was 2020 January, months before the pandemic. So I actually preached in an Amy Zion church, my first time touching the land of the Bahamas. So I was so, so thankful for that opportunity. And what were the people like there? How did, how did they respond? Well, that's and... a part of my people. So they're great. <laughs> Bohemian people are very you're, welcoming and great and beautiful people. You're playing. It felt like you were playing uh, on the home field there. Oh, I, I had, it was very, for me, it was very spiritual, even being in the airplane before landing and being over the land of the Bahamas, I felt the presence of my ancestors. Mm. I can't fully explain it to you, but I had this very spiritual awakening moment. Like you're coming home. Like I was returning home from a lost generation that was disconnected from an Island. Mm. Um, A lot of black Americans that may have connection to islands, you get disconnected over time if you don't keep up with that throughout the lineage. And so I was thankful to touch that land. Mm. So, And how do you tap into that? Because a lot of people would listen to what you, what are you talking about? Your ancestors. I know exactly what you're saying. I know, you know, (laughs) but um, you know, I think some people are not open to that as a possibility that that there's um unseen powers um I mean, oh yeah and, and, and so and uh, you know believe in god um obviously there's some sort of faith in that but tell me about your process in terms know, the, of of <laughs> of connecting to god and okay. I mean, you know we talk about prayer but you know maybe a lot of people just assume that we know how to pray or, or there, you know, and everyone has their own right. process in terms of accessing that power. What does that look so, like to you? Okay. So for everyone, it looks different. Um, but first and foremost, just for a teachable moment, which you already know, but first of all, I believe in the Holy Trinity. So I believe in the power of the Lord, the Holy spirit and Jesus Christ makes up the Holy Trinity. So we believe in the power of the Holy spirit. Um, just like when the, the Holy spirit came down to Pentecost, we believe that's where that power comes from and drawing into God. Um, so I make sure to pray. I worship, 
I devote so I can be listening to music. I can on my hands and knees, but you're going into a place of submission. You're going into a place of sort of bowing out gracefully and, and removing yourself from distractions. So I'm not worried about social media. I'm not worried about anything else or phones. I'm really fully tuned into that spiritual moment of prayer and what I need. So then you feel that presence. It's a presence that you feel and that you're allowing yourself to feel. Um, in terms of the ancestors, it's about appreciation. How can you know where you're going if you don't know where you come from? If you don't know where you come from and the sacrifices of, of those who came before you and what they made and giving them honor and homage, um, then I just feel like you're not going to access some of the things that they may have before you i just believe that your ancestors are always with you they're with you so you know like spirit guides yeah spirit guides i do they give you little messages and i believe we have a role um to play in sort of maybe some of the things they didn't do and conquer while they're here so that's part of that ancestor connection as well mm. but i i fully tap into prayer um some people call it meditation you know i will meditate as well but it's a place where you are not worried about anything else but that moment that you're in mm. and that's that's pulling into that power mm. it's a feeling yeah there are these little messages mm -hmm. uh that often we unless we're tuned in tuned in that's it you know there, there are little things um little signs yeah. uh you know sometimes maybe it's a a cardinal that that's, just kind of lands it lands on a branch and yep. it's just sitting there looking at you and yep. you know maybe who knows what that is maybe it's your ancestor maybe you know something there's but, a message but, but they're usually there are little things um and you know there, there are some people who write about this and it's not necessarily a christian thing or or anything necessarily but um it, from from the exactly from the global perspective right, right? right. so but, i'm with but, you but when it comes down to it those little things they, they do and, and when you start to pay attention to them you see them more absolutely as just like anything you have and to be open to it you have to be open to it you have to be open to it right it's there it's there it's there um and how do we think that you know for those that are believers how do we think that we get guided if we're not open to all the signs i mean so many times people are not paying attention to what's going on around you how many people get in a car on a nice day and don't look around at the sky i mean like i'm corny like that i'm like look at that bird over yeah. there or look at this i pay attention to the small little details i don't want to miss anything be present that's it when you're I'm present fully present yeah. i am that girl that i will stop and say what is what do i need to hear what do i need to see and what do i need to feel what do i need to hear what do i need to see what do i need to feel what do i need to know mm. that's how that. present i am nikita Bethel smith hey <laughs> How long we've we been talking? We've been talking for a little while. Yeah, um, yeah, we have. Um, you know, I. What should people know about you? Um, how can people uh, reach you? I want people to uh, be able to go to a, uh, you know, one of your sermons. All right, all right. <laughs> so, you know, my social media page, my Facebook page is just Nikita Bethel Smith, um, and it's public. So you don't have to be my friend. You can go on my page. Um, you can view the videos. We don't put up every week's sermon. You know, we're working on getting those up. I do so many other ministries as well. Like for my district, I do once a month what is called Rise Ministry. Um, and it's like a woman's motivated sort of ministry. And we always have topics like this past month. I dealt with women and entrepreneurship and I have speakers that come out for that. Um, also I have an Instagram, it's Lady Nikita. 
Um, so that's sort of the ways that you can view me and what I do. I've been taking sort of a sabbatical on Monday motivation work and because I'm tuned in to where my next part of my journey is going to go. So I know when to pour out, but when I need to pour back in. Mm. So that's what I'm doing now. <laughs> well, I can't wait for that next uh, step in the journey, but you are always welcome on this podcast. Oh, thank you. I appreciate this humble uh, little uh, <laughs> podcast here. I love it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and we love you, um, you know, and uh, and my, my family loves you. I know that my mom is a big fan. Love your mom. Hi um, to your mom of yours as well. So, um, you know, we'll be seeing her later tonight telling her about the conversation. But um, but always a pleasure. Always thank a pleasure. You. God bless. Thank um, you to you and your family. Oh, I appreciate it. God bless you all as well. And God bless you, friend.